Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, Jack. Jack O'Hara. Boy, you asked me some interesting questions, my man. It's a great question, Jack. Jack, hey, it's Josh Radder. Hey there, Jack O'Hara. It's Johnny Damon. Jack, so you had questions for me. Jack O'Hara? Absolutely. This message is for Jack O'Hara. Jack, how are you? Hey, Jack. Jack, hey, what's going on, man? How you doing? What's going on, Jack? Uh, listen, man, you know, you, you, you asked me a couple questions. Broadcasting around the world, you're listening to The O Show. In the show and uh, doing your thing, I mean, you've got some pretty big name guests. I've seen your, your stuff, so congratulations on your success. Jack O'Hara. Much nicer guy than Conan O'Brien with much better interviewing skills. Don't forget to share this episode on your social media. Now, let's get to it. I'm so boned. I forgot to get my girl tickets for the show tomorrow, and now it's sold out. It's her freaking birthday. Oh, dude. She's totally going to break up with you. She's definitely going to break up with me. Should have used TickPick. Wait, what'd you say? TickPick. Look. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? There are no hidden fees. What'd you guys think I said? Oh, TickPick. I thought you said TickPick. No hidden fees. Download today. You guys, you know, like in, in the early days when you guys are, like, you know, forming the band and you're, you're building these relationships and that, you know, like rapport with your audience, you know, you, you go from, you know, like you have the, the, the sudden or like the slight name change, I should say, like going from, you know, drugs to love, right? So like mm-hmm. why why the, the change halfway through? Like obviously like people come and go in the band, you know, like you, you evolve as human beings and you have a different sense of direction for where you want the band to go. But I'm curious as to why, uh, you know, the, the original name, how that came about and, and why you guys evolved and ultimately changed it. So the original name came around, it was an accident. Someone just jumbled those, those words at a table on the back end of a conversation. And it is, it is literally akin to, you know, us sat around talking about past experiences where we used to take drugs and we used to be silly and we used to, you know, do things we wouldn't recommend doing. And our old guitarist, Damien, like he overheard the conversation and he said, what, all was on drugs? As in like, all was this kind of a Yorkshire way of saying like all of us. So we were talking about a time when all of us were on particular substances. And then I think we just were like, oh, I was on drugs. That sounds really cool. Like, you know, that's that's relevant too. It's like everyone is kind of consuming some kind of drug in, in oh, yeah. a way, whether it's, you know, coffee, TV, um, it, it could be anything, you know. We are all fed something, so we're all on something. So it kind of, it, it was cool as well. It was, it was one of those names that um, people would see us like on a festival lineup and without knowing what we sound like or who we are. It's like, I'll probably go and see that just purely because of the name. Mm-hmm. So we kind of did that for, I think it was four years. We did that for 2012 to 2016. Um, and then to be honest, it was kind of, it came with um, a transition behind the scenes as well. Like we had a, a couple of people like suggesting to us, it might be wise if you ditch the drugs, um, mm-hmm. you know, it might be wise if you, called it something you know if you're going to change your name like now is the time to do it before you get sort of too deep into it um so we were sort of back and forth in because a lot of the people like they understood like what what the name meant and it wasn't so much that you're going to see a bunch of guys on stage absolutely high on drugs which you know wasn't the case really um but then we'd have like comments like oh i want to buy tickets to your show but my mum won't let me go because Obviously, you know, the name mm. is not that good. Yeah. There's people that wouldn't wear the t-shirts and things like yeah. that, you know, right. like. Yeah. It, and then we played at um, a venue once and they were like, we can't advertise you playing there unless we change the name. So they took out the D and we played as always on rugs. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, and it, it came to the point of, um, so when we got our first record deal, um, 
like our first proper major record deal. They signed us as always on drugs. And then we went, we went and did the album and we, we were recording. We were like halfway in under that name. And we were just behind the scenes, like still shocked thinking, I cannot believe a band called always on drugs has got signed to a, a you know, a big commercial deal. Um, we couldn't believe it, but then like halfway through the process, we got word from like management and label that, yeah, we've just been over to, you know, see some people in LA about, you know, getting your music on playlists and stuff. And, and that name, always on drugs like that, that's not going to work. So you need to change it now. So, um, cause we'd already had thoughts about changing it before and never actually done it. We thought we could get away with it. Yeah. Um, we were like, yeah, we should really change this. And then always in love was like a word we'd been using. Do you know how to sign off on social media sometimes or some people would hashtag it. Um, you know, you could put always in Paris, always in Germany, always anywhere really. So, and also I think the original lyrics for all you need is love by the Beatles were all you need is drugs. So we just thought, you know, we'll change it to that. Um, you know, we'll, we'll do what they want us to do because without that, we're not going to get the exposure that the people behind the scenes are working so hard to, to get us. So, yeah, we changed it. Um, was it 2019 or 2018? I can't really 2018, remember. 2018, I think. 20, right, yeah, back in yeah. 2018, I think. It's, it's funny, though, because uh, like, I can't really remember because there were so many times where the conversation was, are we going to change the name? You know, yeah, the, yeah. The, different through different management, through different people, even people we spoke to. I, I even remember uh, we, went, we got um, guest tickets, luckily, um, through... To people through our management to see a band called Mew. Um, and we're all massive fans of Mew. And we got to chat to the singer, uh, Jonas. And he was, uh, he, we even asked him about the name thing. Yeah, we asked everybody like, we could. Yeah. yeah. It was just and, so, and such a mixed reaction. Mixed bag. Yeah. And, you know, the, he, he was like, I like love. And I do. And I remember th- like hearing that and thinking, if he thinks that, you know, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty yeah. good bet. But, and, and that was years before the actual change. So I, like Joe is saying, you know, luckily because we'd, we'd already been thinking about it, it didn't take as long to be like, yeah, okay, we'll change that. I mean, we nearly, there was at one point just before we changed it, I think literally weeks before, it was almost going to be Sunset Yellow. We were going to call the oh, band yeah. Sunset Yellow. And yeah. um, our producer, Catherine Marks at the time was like, now that just isn't you guys. It doesn't sound like you guys. Um, and so, you know, it made us sort of revisit it and like, oh, okay, let's, let's check. We wanted it to be something positive. Um, Cause I, I, I do always think, you know, a lot of most of the music we put out is that it is quite a positive theme. Generally it's, uh, you know, we, uh, I like trying to be as much as I can sort of a beacon for positivity. Cause it's, it's much easier to be a beacon for negativity, especially with the way social media is at the minute. Oh yeah. Um, and you know, that's, I almost think that's cheap in a lot of ways. Like it can be, it's very easy to be negative for the sake of being negative. And it's much harder to find the positives in something um, for some people than it is the negatives. So I, I really feel like the, trying to find the negatives in all as in love is very, very difficult, you know, when it comes down to the simplicity of somebody seeing that name on a, um, a sign uh, or on a, a bill or even in, you know, an interview or anything like that. It is, I think if it gives some sort of, oh, I'll go check that out because that sounds like someone I might like, then, you know, that's a good thing. I, I think it's, it's rare you have somebody go, I'm not going to bother with that mm-hmm. because it, it doesn't sound good. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think a name is it's really frustrating because as, as little as a name is to do with a band, it's the first thing anybody sees, you know, for a lot of them. And you've got to get that right. You, when we always talked about not wanting to put barriers anywhere where they didn't need to be, it's hard enough, you know, getting people in front of your art let alone by having a barrier that's as simple as the word drugs. Um, and like I say, it, it's a word. It's a word that's used every day, but it has so many negative connotations because people automatically think about um, the negative side of drugs than they do the positive. I mean, <laughs> we could have been talking about 
how you know a lot of drugs are literally life-saving are used every day in um in hospitals but it's you know people don't generally think uh you know take to that the same way so it was not a sentimental thing for you guys at all to change the name like you knew like right off the bat they're like yeah we probably should change it in order to you know because like our music is obviously gonna is gonna tell the story at the end of the day like you said like band names like the Red Hot Chili Peppers. When you first hear that, you're like, "That's a ridiculous band name." But the music <laughs> rocks, right? Like, yeah, yeah, it comes exactly. down to the music. But at the same time, when you're looking at it from a business standpoint, and the labels looking at it from that standpoint, in this day and age, when you know, like, you know, cancel culture is, you know, always around the corner. Like, having having drugs in your band name may not necessarily be the best thing, as opposed to, like you said, love. You know, like taking that, you know. Mm-hmm you know, that Beatles reference that Dre made, like there's, you know, certain factors that could be said there to say like, okay, like these guys are about, you know, like bringing people together in a sense. So like, it was not a big deal for you guys to change the name as as soon as that was suggested. Uh, Maybe maybe the first time, like when it, when it, when it was suggested the first time, we just weren't ready to do it. And we, we wanted to maybe make a statement by having like an album and, and doing it then. Um, but looking back, I don't think it would have mattered as much. Maybe it would have been better to do it sooner rather than later. But we we ended up doing it in in the end. Mm. Well, it's funny. I actually had somebody say literally weeks ago, and it blew my mind that they um, they were like, "Oh, I didn't know that All Us in Love was the same band. I thought you were in All Us and Drugs, weren't you?" And I was like, "Yeah, we've been called All Us in Love for like four years now, or something." You know, it's. And I'm thinking, oh, God, how, did we really do that transition that badly? You know, <laughs> for somebody who was clearly a fan uh, to begin with, to not even realize that they didn't know we'd release an album, et cetera, you know, that sort of stuff. And when you hear something like that, you think, what, how did we not do it like well enough? Um, mm. But, you know, that's always going to happen with the name change, like Joe was saying. Could have changed it earlier, later. It's hard to sort of, it's hard to tell. But I, I mean, like, like you're saying, from a business standpoint, branding is so important. And we always wanted to have something that was as strong branding-wise that people wouldn't even look at the name. They would see our logo or see one of us and just know it was, you know who we were. You know, the, oh, yeah. you, like, you, you know, you see Anthony Kiedis, like you're saying, you know that's Red Hot Chili Peppers. I, I know obviously that takes time and it does take um a lot of hard work because you've got to get but you people seen out there you've got to get your logo seen out there but i think you know that we didn't necessarily want to just be stuck with our name just being about the music and the band like i say we wanted to be about the community as well and there's a band called Creeper. I don't know if you know, you know Creeper. Yeah, they, and I remember they started to get quite big while we were, um, I don't even know if we were called All Us In Love at that point anyway. But I remember always seeing their stuff and thinking, wow, that's great. They were called Creeper yeah. Cult was all of their stuff is Creeper Cult. And they literally were. Like I would see fans wearing the Creeper like patches on their backs all the time. There were, you know, a lot of shows. We used to all, obviously all play the same circles and things. And I loved what they were doing because they're doing a very similar thing uh, that, you know, they're all about that community and bringing people together and wanting people to be welcome. And, and, um, and I, I always thought, you know, oh, that's something I, I always saw us as being like that. You know, we wanted people who knew that that logo meant togetherness and being welcome. And, um, we're very fortunate to work with someone who's a very, very good artist um, when we were designing all of the Allers and Love stuff. And oh, yeah. like I said, we, we waited till we had an album to come out. It was a good time to transition because like, um, like Trey said, you're on a big scale that way. Exactly. And, and this was going to be the most people we'd ever reached. So making sure that it was at that point was probably, um, you know, perfect timing really. Do you feel like the music has changed in a way? Because, like, again, like, you guys are going to evolve anyways. The, the more you guys, you know, go out there, play shows, and get inspired by stuff. But do you feel like the, the, the sound of the band or, you know, the general sense of what you're being inspired by to write songs changed uh, over time after the name change? The sound definitely changed. Mm-hmm. Um, but that came with, like, we had a an old member um, that wrote a lot of the material. Mm-hmm. And that was where a lot of the grungy 
sort of heavy stuff came from. Yeah. Um, and then when he left, obviously we couldn't really, didn't feel right to go and then record those songs. Um, and, you know, we still played some of them live and we still do. But yeah, he literally just came with like um, a member leaving and, and taking his sound with him, essentially. Right. So we had to sort of fend for ourselves in a way and try and, you know, create something that, that could be a continuation, but also maybe was, um, came with the name change, really. It was like two things that, it was almost like a complete rebrand, bit of a change in direction, bit of a change in sound. Uh, changing image, so to speak. So it, it did feel like a, a new band, really. Mm. I, I think so. I think with a, as well, um, for me anyway, I felt like we all, obviously, as musicians, you're all going to get better, like you're saying. You are going to evolve. And, you know, I felt like I I definitely become more competent as a performer. And I'm pretty sure, like, I know Dre... Dre definitely did because before Dre was sort of in a obviously as a second guitar he then had to take on the role of being the sole guitarist and suddenly like you have to change your sound just to feel like you're filling all of that space um and I remember I remember like when basically when that guitarist left we we had a tour booked and uh and he left just before this tour and we were like, oh no, what are we going to do? Sort of thing. And, um, you know, I, I wouldn't want to, I would never make anybody do something they didn't want to do. That's, you know, that's just pointless. It is a pointless endeavor. So we were like, right, well, how do we, how do we go about this? Dre basically had to learn all the lead lines and a lot of the like rhythm sections as well, you know, um, because that you base, they basically traded, a lot of the time they would trade what they were playing because they, their guitars sounded different. Their play styles were very different. Oh, yeah. So sometimes, you know, um, the other guitarists would play his lead lines because it sounded better for his guitar. Sometimes it would be Dre playing the lead lines. Um, and I remember just watching Dre absolutely like step up to that and flourish. And we created parts of the songs change. You know, these are songs we'd be playing for four years. And suddenly it felt like we could evolve and adapt these things. We were better players. We could do more interesting stuff with it. Um, not like we were being held back, but, you know, time does that. You, you, get, you do just get better. And um, I think especially like when, with some of the newer songs that were being demoed for the second album, you can tell we're more mature as not, not just musicians as well. I think just as people, like we've learned a lot. And, um, and there's things that, would, there's things in those songs that I wouldn't have imagined we'd have put in even maybe two or three years ago. Like I hear parts of those demos and think, wow, that's, that's amazing that, you know, we've got to a point where we're confident enough to put that in and, and confident enough to, to pull it off as well. Like with an idea, it's not just about recording something it, the, and being like, okay, that's recorded. Great. You, it's about recording something and being like, right, how will we do this live? Well, how will this come across live or in terms of the performance, what will this do for a crowd? And I like envisioning how that works now because I have the experience of being on those stages that you think, oh, that's going to be great when we can drop that uh, or we can drop into this bit. Or um, And that comes with maturity and that comes with time and experience. Um, so I think 100% the sound, when we changed the came on, the sound definitely changed, but it was mostly just because we we changed a lot as well. I mean, that's definitely a good test for you guys too, as a band, you know, like someone leaves, they take basically like you guys were saying their sound with them in a sense and having to kind of like restructure what you guys are all about and your sound and everything. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like that's, you know, those moments, those, you know, those battles of adversity in a sense are able to what's able to make you guys stronger. Like you, you talk about going on tour and actually, you know, like connecting with your fan base, but at the same time, if you're not connecting with each other and able to like get through some of those rough times, then none of it matters at the end of the day. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's it, It's, and that will come across, you know, and that was the, the main reason for being like, well, okay, we'll just see it. We've got to make it work. Cause we weren't stopping. Um, but you, you don't want to be taking, exactly like you're saying it was getting to the point where it was obvious that there wasn't a connection there um mm. between you know 
so, and I, I do feel like in a performance aspect, you want author, you need that authenticity and uh, and that care. And you know, all we want is for people to be happy. I wouldn't want somebody to be unhappy because they had to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that goes for anybody who is in the band, even if you know. If Dre felt like ah oh, this this particular show, uh, uh, look, I, I really am not feeling it. I would rather not do the show, even though he's never. I know Dre's never going to get like that to that point. But if he did, I would rather we just didn't do it. In you know because it's not fair on Dre as a person. It's not fair on his mentality. It's not fair on. And I'm sure Dre would say the same about me if I felt so strongly that it was making me unhappy. We'd say I'd rather you just we just didn't do that, um, and I think that's really important because you know we're all human beings at the end of the day, and we're all friends. We're human beings, friends, and all we want is the best for each other. So to sort of force, um, almost force like your career onto someone else um, is not fair. It, it isn't fair, and um, and I, again, that's that comes with maturing as as a band and being together for as long as we did and doing all those shows together, we're able to do that. You're able to step back and be like, okay, well, let's not, if that's not going to make you happy, then we shouldn't do that. Um, and there's a lot of things like when we signed to a big label, there's a lot of things they want you to do that, you know, we were very naive to, and we just went along with it for, you know, and what we should have seen is this isn't us, you know, it's not make this, it's, this isn't what we're about really. Um, but again, it's experience. We know that now and we wouldn't make the same mistakes that we maybe made before. Um, and, and like saying, it's, it's about making sure you're doing things that are going to make you all happy and you're all going to be proud of um, that. You can stick with that authenticity. What is that, you know, like, I've always been intrigued by that because, you know, you hear the horror stories on the outside of, you know, the business side of music when it comes to labels. Like, you talk about there, you know, them kind of, like, trying to shape or mold a certain sound for you guys that you don't necessarily want to play. Like, obviously, it comes down to money for everybody on on the business side, right? But at the same Mm -hmm. time, it's like, if nobody's enjoying their experience, like, you're not going to get the best out of your performers and you're not ultimately going to get out the best product that you envision for all of your consumers. So like mm-hmm. when you guys are like in the trenches with that, like you said, like you were a little naive to it at first, you know, kind of, you know, in a, in a sense, like giving into like what they wanted, how, how quickly did you figure out like, this isn't us. And you know, I'm just going to, we're going to do what we want to do. Cause at the end of the day, you only live once. Mm-hmm. Like you may as well play the music you want to play despite 100%. what people think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It didn't take too long, to be honest. Like the first couple of photo shoots, we were almost being told what to wear, how to dress. Wow. Mm. Um, and at first, because we, we put a lot of trust into uh, the people that signed us. So we were like, well, we've never been at this point before. They know what they're doing. They develop bands. Um, so, you know, let them let them do whatever they want to us, really. We were kind of a bit submissive in that sense. Right. Um, but yeah, it didn't take too long. It was a couple of photos and you know, one or two pieces of content and a video here and there, we kind of realized like this just isn't us whatsoever. Mm. I, th- I we think the foot came it, down like... on the second single, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> second yeah, single video came out and uh, and I remember... Um, Showed us in and... a really strange way. Like he just yeah. wasn't, you know... Something we got asked. Time, and... Like they were experimenting, like, like granted, like you have to kind of give them a chance to try and get it right. But yeah, there was a lot of shit being thrown at a wall and not much was sticking, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, eventually, like, we did get the word that, like, we can dictate our own style and image. Um, but, yeah, it took, um, God knows how long it took, to be honest, but it was fairly quick before we sort of, we realised kind of straight away, to be honest. Yeah. But uh, we, we still were a bit naive in that sense. Like, okay, well, let's just roll with it. Like, you know, mm. we're having a great time. Like, our lives yeah. have just changed. Let's, let's see. You know, maybe this is what it's supposed to be like. Maybe this is how it is, you know? Good. That's but it. You always listen we, to your gut. Like, always go with your gut instinct. Because we'd never been there before. And, and like, we knew there was going to be an element of that, obviously. Right. You know, there's, it, it, when somebody's investing money into a product, you know, they get to have a say. And we, we understood that there was going to be levels that, I mean, we actually, we, we sort of did take it a bit into our own hands before it even got to that point because we were supposed to be working with one producer um, and we ended up saying that 
we didn't want to work with them. Actually, was that producer or development? I can't, I can't remember now off the top of my head. Um, but there was someone we were supposed to be working with essentially. And we were like, actually, I don't think that's going to be for us. Um, and then they found us somebody who was pretty much ideal, like the working with Alan Mulder and Catherine Marks, you know, these, these are guys that have worked on albums that are some of our favorite bands. You know, I actually couldn't believe that we were working with it. I still can't believe I got to look through a studio window and see Alan Mulder, you know, headbanging to something we're playing, which is, and just getting into it and enjoying it. And I just think, you know, he's seen, he's heard and seen some amazing artists and had the pleasure of recording them. And he's still getting that energy from us as a band, you know, that, and that's a huge confidence build, uh, builder. Um, but, you know, there's, like I said, we're, we're not, uh, not as young as a lot of bands that have probably been developed by these artists. And oh, yeah. so, you know, we, we're a bit more, we're a bit more grown. We're a bit, bit more stuck in our ways, I, I guess is, and it's not even stuck in our ways. It's just, you know, I know who I am and I'm happy with that person. So sort of getting molded to be someone I'm not really, um, it feels strange. And I know it comes, and I know it comes across as strange because people know who I am. You know, they know that I've got, a, you know, I've got a girlfriend. Most, you know, I'm not so big that people don't know the outside, the, the people around me and things like that. So when you get asked to sort of, play this uh, a, a character almost um of a, a rock star mm-hmm. it doesn't really it, it didn't really fly and it, i think it, it you could tell i think a lot of people could tell with certain things that were going out they're like this is so not the band i was watching that i just watched and i mean a huge a huge help and one of the literally most fortunate meetings of our, our career and our lives was we played a show, our first ever show in Poland, and we went and played. And the our at the time, she was Morel was doing our international PR, so she got us this show in Poland, and she wanted to come and see us play. Um, and she'd seen us do like a, a we did a, an industry performance for all the label people um, about two or three weeks before, I think. I can't I can't remember the exact time, but anyway, we went and she saw us play and. Um, and before, before we played, she came up and met us and we were chatting. She was like, this is so weird. You guys are nothing like what the label paint you to be. And she was just saying, you know, she was basically confirming all these things that we were sort of thinking and we'd said uh, in a way. And, you know, that we were so naive to. And I, I was arguably the most naive because I was just like, you know, they know better. We'll just go along with it. You know, we have to make some sacrifices here. Um, and, you know, I, I wish I'd seen and listened to certain things maybe a bit earlier, but, you know, what can you do? It's an experience and other than learn from it, um, there's not much you can do. But anyway, but Morel ended up becoming our manager um, after that meeting. And I think that's one of the things like having a really strong manager who really knows what you're about, really knows who you are as people, Um and can translate that into the meetings they have with the label boss, with the PR, with, you know, all of those people who are essentially you on every platform when you can't be. Um, it, it really makes a difference because, you know, things started to change around. And I, I really feel like we did a lot more, the stuff we were putting out was a lot more important and a lot more authentic at that point. And I feel like people knew that and they could tell. And fans we made after that point are generally, you know, I think they're more invested because um, they, they get feelings. They know who we are as people. Um, but it, it, like saying, it, I imagine this happens to almost every band that goes through the machine the meat grinder. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, we, and we, I mean, I always talk about like uh, the when people ask us about you know going through that industry machine. I think we've been in some ways unlucky and lucky at the same time that we've had so many mixed experiences with different stages of our our career as a band, with um, with like management and with PR and things like that, booking agents. 
for a relatively young band, we, we had quite a few of those things um, come and go. And I mean, the main thing is, you know, and I would hope, but most of them, they, we're still friends with, you know, we still, we can still talk to those people. It's not like we left on particularly bad terms with a lot of, you know, those people when we were changing anything. It's just, it's, if it's not right and it's not working, it's not working. And, mm-hmm. um, and it takes change. I mean, you alluded to it, you know, having a manager that's willing to fight for you, that knows you as a band, you, she knows the culture, like you, you guys know what we want, you know, as opposed mm-hmm. to them just fighting for the money. Cause you know, like yeah. some bands, yeah. some bands figure that out right off the bat and others again, like are tied into it so deep where they basically have to do what the label tells them to do. Cause at that point they own them. But like, you oh, guys, I feel like got out of that pretty, pretty quickly. You know, you like, you realize right off the bat, like you guys were saying, we're like, okay, we need to go in this direction. Cause this is what's going to make us happy. And what's going to make us happy is going to, you know, bring out that authenticity that you were talking about that truly is going to make us shine as a band and have, going to be able to connect with our audience in that way because i feel like you guys are also like very open to you know not like collaborating but like you know experiencing and uh you know mixing and matching with different sounds too oh 100 yeah i mean even even the collaboration thing i think like i was saying uh, a bit earlier i was it was nice to go in for me and dre to sit down and play something dre to turn something that's just sort of an idea i had into a song i think didn't you use that for you used that yeah, for, yeah. Uh, literally a collaboration project yeah yeah um and then that's i think that's really important as well because you never know who you're going to meet you're going to it might literally be sitting down and playing you know in a jam room for 10 15 minutes and you don't know what that 10 15 minutes can inspire that might inspire a whole album's worth of work just from a certain sound you hear and it, it uh, sparks an idea um and like saying changing sound i mean me and dre probably predominantly the music we listen to everyone in our band listens to such diverse and strange things and um and it's really interesting seeing those influences get brought in by each member when it comes to writing bits for or hearing parts or or how they go about playing their part specifically um and it's it's bound to end up becoming you know, an amalgamation of those things. Um, I think that's what makes our band us. Uh, I think that's the quality that it makes it an all us in love song is it's the, our influences coming together and that, <laughs> that mess that it makes is actually something, it turns out to be something quite beautiful in the end. Oh yeah. Um, I, I, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want that aspect to sort of change. Um, okay. But it definitely, yeah, uh, obviously being open is, again, something we've learned through just time and experience. You've got to be open and willing to try new things. I mean, when it comes to different sounds, I feel like whatever you guys are trying to do, like you talk about the grunge stuff, whether it's, you know, being inspired by the Smashing Pumpkins, the Nirvanas of the world, or you look at like EDM stuff on the, on like, the entirely different different side of the spectrum. Like it, it, some stuff is going to sound good. Some things aren't going to sound good whichever way you're collaborating. Cause I know you guys mm-hmm. were open to collaborating with, you know, EDM people in the past, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 There's been instances where we've talked remixes, talked features and things like that. Um, admittedly all that sort of got pushed to one side when the label took control, but I think we're back to being a lot more open with that now. Hmm. Wow. That would be See- very intriguing to me to hear. Because I feel like, you know, like, in a sense, like we, we talk about like these different genres of music, like ultimately it would be cool to see, you know, like a band like you guys to come together with different people and collaborate to create a different sound that nobody's ever heard before. Because that's yeah. going to create the next movement of rock music, right? A hundred percent. I think that's it. That's it. I, I think everyone, I, I really feel like as a musician, everybody strives for that to find that new, that new thing that's you, that nobody else can be, you know, there's, people can try and imitate, but it's never quite there, you know, and obviously there's so many classic bands that, you know, huge fans of that they do that. There's, I mean, I, I've never heard anything. And I would say that 
there were a couple of tracks like on the new of the new stuff that we were doing that definitely have a, a vibe of like a Mars Volta type vibe. And whenever I hear a Mars Volta track, though, I know instinctively that that's Mars Volta. And it's usually Omar's guitar playing. It might be something that comes from um, or the Latin like repetitiveness of the bass line sometimes can be very Mars Volta. And like that's. I, I think bands like that, um, I say they have a certain magic to them where it's it's almost impossible to hear anything other than that band. If that's what you're vibing and you feel, you want to go and hear that. Um, in terms of what you're saying with creating sort of new sounds and people through remixing it, I, I see like trance music essentially is just the electronic vibe. It's just psychedelia, but in an electronic way. I, I always... Um, I always, I always see those, even though they could be opposite sides of the spectrum, they're definitely, you know, parallel with each other in, in direction. And I, I feel like there's so many things that, that can be done with just somebody who's coming at it from a different angle, um, doesn't instant, instinctively see a song or hear something in the same way as you do. Um, and like, like you're saying, that can inspire something that can really change. You might hear something, you think, oh, I never thought of that. I never seeing those new things can make you want to go and start creating something that you didn't know you wanted to create. And it does, it often takes an outside view. I mean, it's almost like, you know, you hear that, like people uh, will interpret a song a completely different way than what you intended it to interpret. Like you could write a song about, you know, depression or, or, or anything and they'll take it and be like, oh, I thought that was about, you know, you know, dogs or something like they are <laughs> yeah. inspired in a different way that it wasn't necessarily about that. But at the same time, if you're inspiring people, what difference does it make? You know, like as no, long as you're inspired by it, like you can interpret it any way you want. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Like the music and lyrics are there for the listener's own interpretation of whatever it is they want to associate the song with. Like we used to have people saying to us, "Oh, Sunset Yellow, is it? Is it about a friend that had passed? Like I don't know what it's. It sounds really sad. It's just about a kind of iron brew, you know? <laughs> yeah, so they, they could interpret it any way, <laughs> any way they want. Yeah. I almost felt guilty telling um, after we played a show in a place called Bradford. And at the show, a guy, he, he got knocked out outside the venue um, and he'd been to the show <laughs> and, and he'd been in some sort of fight. And, uh, and Connor, the drummer, had on the last song, for, I can't remember why or what had happened, but he'd cut his finger from hitting his cymbal. He, or, I think he punched his cymbal in the last song or something <laughs> and it ended up cutting his finger. So we went to A&E. Uh, and we were sat in the waiting room and there was a guy with a black eye sat in there and he was like, you guys are in uh, Oz and Drugs, aren't you? And he's like, I love Sunset Yellow. It, it's my, it is like that song means so much to me. Like it's, it's what sometimes it can turn me around from feeling so down and lost and listening to that. And it was really beautiful what he was saying about this song. And I, and I was sat there and I, I didn't want to tell him that, you know, this it was just lyrics off the <laughs> off the back of a can of soda essentially wow and um but it's put in a beautiful way you know it's like you say the music is for that person to interpret and so i did and me and connor were sat there and we're like oh, i i wouldn't want to tell him i'd want him to still get that <laughs> i would worry that me telling him where that's come from would change how he feels about it i think sometimes it's important to not let people know you know, where, because there are songs that they do have some real, actually really um, stark importance in the lyrics. And some of them are, are not nice things, you know, that you're singing about. But because somebody gets something positive out of it, it it's, it's important to let them get what they need from that song. Um, I mean, I probably listen to so many... Uh, so many very dark, dark tunes that are about all sorts of horrible topics. Um, but because of maybe the time I heard it or what was going on at the time, it's a really positive experience for me when I hear them. Right. Uh, I love that music can do that. I don't know if there's many other things that can. I really don't. 
And I feel like if there's, you know, people being inspired by, you know, different sounds, different lyrics, you know, you talk about everybody being inspired in a different way. Like it could be the same sound that you want it to. And people are, you know, taken by it by every sense of different direction, you know, but like, like you said, there's specific songs and this will be the last question I ask you guys. I don't want to take up your entire Monday, but you know, <laughs> one song that, you know, really stuck out to me was it's okay to talk because that has a very specific message in the sense of just like, everybody's going through their own stuff, you know, like everybody's coming from different backgrounds, different stories. Everybody has their own either struggles or obstacles that they have to overcome. And in this song, like it, it's almost, you know, like you said in the lyrics, like you, you can pick up on that right off the bat, right? How do you, you know, like, cause you got to come up with a different, you know, tune for that. Like it has to be a specific sound, I feel like in order to get across, it can't just like be the mm -hmm. lyrics. It's gotta be the sound that goes with the lyrics too. Mm -hmm. That's exactly it. Yeah. And um, I mean, most of the time it's difficult to know which should come first, but from experience, like writing with Jason and seeing him write and, you know, sometimes giving him music, um, all kinds of different ways can work, but it usually starts with like the hook in terms of the notes selected for the vocal melody. Like that would be the first. And then you follow the, you know, the chords of that progression and then find the notes that you want to use or the sounds that you want to use with that. Um, but it's difficult to know which is the best way or if always works. So for example, I could give him a piece of instrumental music, which has come from like a place that I'm at. And I have no idea what is going to be said over it. I just know how I feel hearing the music. And then he could come up with something that kind of matches that from a vocal point of view. Mm -hmm. um, or it could be that sometimes he's coming up with the vocal line and the, the music at the same time, depending on if he's got a guitar in his hand. Uh, sometimes it could be that we hear a weird sound or a sample that we haven't written, but it makes us feel something and we start saying things to it and then coming up with music for it. So there's a lot of different ways that you can do it. But I think usually like you never know it's happening until it happens. You think, oh, okay, we've got a little, you know, a golden nugget of an idea there. We could expand on that. But to get to that point is you just have to be sort of open to, to, to be creative or you have to be mm -hmm. together and you have to be feeling something. And it always comes from a place of, it's kind of subconscious to be honest like mm. a lot of things that a lot of inspirations that you hear like songs that you hear you have like frequencies that linger around in your mind in your brain if you're a creator or a music creator will formulate those into like musical hooks but your own version of you know that hook so everyone's essentially just feeding and exerting something they've heard before but in their own way and it usually just comes from, you know, a place of being in, in some kind of emotional state, whether it's genuine, whether it's sometimes in, you know, it could be anything really, but the way it happens, it just kind of happens. And like with that song in particular, I think it was, I, I don't know what mindset we were in at the time or what it's even about, um, but it just kind of, it, it sounds cliche to say, but it kind of wrote itself. And you don't know it's happening. It's just something you need to get out there and it kind of just happens. And then it's based on something you want to say, but it's also based on inspiration you've been feeding on. And it's also based for on, on the desire to, to create something new. So yeah, and you never can go into an intention of saying, I'm going to write a song today that is about this, this, and this. It doesn't you know, work. Songwriter work into a brief is mm. fine. But like all our kind of material just comes from, just comes from, a place of just being like super hyper aware about everything that we've experienced. Experiences, like you were saying earlier, it just all comes from experiences. And then, yeah, sometimes if you're singing lyrics for the first time, you've never sung a, you know, you've maybe you've had the melody in your head, but if you start singing lyrics, or if you even take a piece, you know, take a pen and a piece of paper, if you just write without thinking about it, you'll be so surprised at what comes out. It's things that you had no idea that you wanted to say. Um, mm. Those are the That's things how you know it's genuine. They come from your subconscious mind, yeah. And um, that song was just pretty much, yeah, just one of those, not a happy accident, but just a subconscious thing where it just kind of, it came out because it needed to come out, but there was no intention for it to be what it was. It just, 
yeah, it used to be. Out and usually, like the bulk, the, the bulk of a song, from our experience anyway, like the bulk of a song is usually written like pretty fast. It's usually like the first thing you come out with when you're feeling in the moment, you know, when you're comfortable, when you're happy, or when you're sad. Could be any kind of emotion, really. But as long as you're sort of comfortable and open to exert something, it just something natural comes out, you know. And um, that's usually the case with when, when Jason's writing or when we're writing together. Um, we've no idea. We sit down. We don't know what we're going to do, but something comes out. And if, if it's good, like we'll know it's good. Sometimes it's not, you know, sometimes it's <laughs> not great. And you end up shouting, <laughs> I never come back to it. But, you know, you can't be great all the time. So. <laughs> but I, the, you say that, but the, it's funny because you, when you do revisit those things, and this, like, this happened for the last single that we released just like hell just like hell is an old song that jason wrote when he was 19 was it something like yeah, that yeah 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 but so he wrote we it. thought it was rubbish you know he thought we exactly got, sh- <laughs> got shelved but now it. we're all better you know we're all better yeah. i'd never actually heard it until we he played it in the practice room he was like oh, i've got why don't we try that old idea and we were like what this is so perfect for what we're doing and it was yeah. we were able to sort of we changed it in a way that, I mean, I didn't hear the original version of this song, but it didn't, it seemed so natural to be doing it. Maybe it was because of how we were feeling at the time. Maybe it was because of what was going on. And in suddenly lyrically, it made sense to us. You know, it, lyrically, it made sense. Sonically, it just made sense that this is what we should do with it. Um, and maybe, like I was saying, maybe back then it didn't, but suddenly now, you know, it, it was ideal. So it's funny how things can sort of change. It's almost like it fermented from when he was 19, finally <laughs> became a fine wine and was brought to, because, you know, it on face value, it's sort of quite, I get it. It is sort of an immature, um, I say immature, but it, it was almost pop punk, you know, when we first Very teenager-esque, it. yeah. Yeah, super teenager-esque, you know. And, but the moment we got playing it and we started to get, everything else around it, it became, it became an all as in love song. Like it felt so much more um, evolved from that. And it, it, yeah, it's just funny how music can do, can, can do that because it's, it is just something that comes from how you're feeling, who you are and, and especially, and very time um, it, from whatever it is at that specific moment um, like when we're recording something, it, you know, it, that mood that you're in when you record that piece, more so for things like, you know, vocal melody or, um, or even like guitar lines, like the solos, the leads, things like that. I really did feel like you get a genuine emotion from that sonically in every song. Um, and that, you know, that's something that only comes from, from playing and just living in that moment. Like Joe's saying, it sounds so cliche, but it, it does sort of write itself. And like I've, I've told Dre so many times and he probably hates me for it. I know he definitely does when we're in a studio recording and it's like, okay, Dre's going to lay down his solos. He's going to lay down his lead for this. And the first lead Dre will do will be the most impulsive. It will be the most, you know, um, uh, it, it, it's just he's playing something. He's maybe had an idea of what he was going to do, and the way he plays it, had no and idea. <laughs> <laughs> and that's even better, in my opinion. I love something that's just raw. It's just emotion. It's just this is what I'm going to do right now. This feels right to do right now, and I'll hear that. And I, I don't. I'm so like, don't change it. Just keep that one. Keep that one. But Dre's a perfectionist, and he knows what he wants, and he knows what he wants and how he's feeling. And it, there's no right or wrong to it. Like if he wants to do it again and get, he's like, okay, I do know what I want now. I just want to get that perfect. I want to get that pitch bend exactly right. I want it to be timed exactly right. Um, and he will go at it and at it. But there's so many times that I think when we put leads down and we've gone actually about 10 takes before was better now, yeah. or, or you've gone, <laughs> I actually, I want to use the original one for this or I use like something I did a little while back, I've gone too far one way with it. Um, and that's like, again, we're talking about with the authenticity and being genuine. Um, that, that emotion shines through when somebody does something like that. 
is and i i feed off that in not just our own music of in other people's but i love being able to hear something that you know I, there's a reason i'm in a band with these people is because i love what they do as musicians i love i loved it before i was in the band and to see how everyone's progressed and when we play regardless of the fact we've been together playing music for that long i love being surprised and hearing something and going jesus i didn't know that you i didn't expect that or that was going to come for you and the fact that people can move me after this amount of time despite how many times i've heard them i think that's an incredible quality i mean the best aspects in life aren't planned right i mean they, 100%. i mean that's 100 percent proven i feel like at this point it's funny to hear you know like you're able to come back and look at old stuff that you wrote or old stuff that you recorded and say like okay, maybe it still doesn't sound great, but like at least I'm inspired enough by it in order to like take bits and pieces of it and maybe like mold it into something else. Like I always find that interesting, like looking back, you know, being an interviewer, looking back at old interviews I did, like, man, that sucked. But at the same time, like there, there were some good elements in that that are yeah. going to help me inspire and grow me as an inter interviewer moving forward. So like you're yeah, able to yeah. take bits and pieces of that foundation that once was and able to bring it full circle in, into the present. Oh, hundred percent. I think it's always a learning. Everything is a learning process. And I feel like that's the difference between somebody who is, is sort of maturing or mature enough is to go and look at something you've done and be like, that was shit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that was garbage, but then watching it back and understanding why and why you feel like that, that's like a, and, and making that change, making that progression. That's, I mean, that's how people progress. That is how people elevate themselves. That's how you, we become better, not just in our specific fields, just as humans. That's how you grow. Um, and there's so many things. If I think about every time I've gone, oh, that was terrible. Why did I do that? You know, and I know why I did it at the time because I didn't think it was terrible. Now I understand why because of my life experience. And, you know, it, it's, you can't... Um, it's easier for it's easy for a lot of people to just go, oh, it was all right. Do you know what I mean? That oh, that was okay. And accept it that it wasn't the best you could have done. But if you look back at something and go, it was okay, but I know if I'd done this, it'd have been so much better. That to me is like a I love seeing that. I, I get my own little bit of sick pleasure out of doing it to myself. And it's 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 awesome when you know somebody else, you know when they go, yeah, you're right. You could have done better. And they're not having a dig. They just want you to progress as well. They want you to oh, be yeah. the best you can be. And, um, being able to take that self-criticism as well as reflect on it is, is huge. Absolutely massive. And I feel like being in, like saying in every respectable respective field of art or even like professionalism in anything, you have to be able to do that. I feel like we've done it so much more over the last you know, a couple of years, um, we can look at the things we did wrong and realize that. And being able to do that is how you move forward. I am so boned. I forgot to get my girl tickets for the show tomorrow, and now it's sold out. It's her freaking birthday. Oh, dude. She's totally going to break up with you. She's definitely going to break up with me. Should have used TickPick. Wait, what'd you say? TickPick. Look. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? There are no hidden fees. What'd you guys think I said? Oh, tick pick. I thought you said tick pick. No hidden fees. Download today. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.